Ahoy hoy, you delightful little ragamuffins. I'm John Miller, and this is Everybody Trades. What is happening, everybody? Hope you enjoyed my take on the potential Warren Iran really being a low-key Iraq War Part 3. And you know what? I know some of you listeners. I'm sure some of you didn't love my anti-war take, but that's okay. We're allowed to disagree, aren't we? And if you're back, despite your disagreement with me, well, good for you. That shows that you have a certain level of intellectual fortitude and curiosity that, frankly, a lot of people are lacking these days. And you know what? Again, if you don't like my take, well, I would invite you to prove me wrong. And again, I do mean that quite literally. Prove it. Because you... As the warmonger, as the war hawk, as the interventionist, well, you're the one who's calling for government aggression. And in criminal trials, what do we do? Well, we put the burden, the burden of proof on the state. Well, you know what? The burden of proof, as I've said before in a previous podcast, should always be on the state. And warfare is no different. So I would challenge you all, if, you're, if you don't like my argument, we'll make a better one. Because I don't think you can, quite honestly. That's the true honestly. That's the true honest position that I have. But you know what? Enough about war. We already had that take in a previous episode. So you know what? There's something else that's been on my mind for a few months. In fact, really this whole football season. And I say football season because that's about the only time these days is watching sports when I actually get to see advertisements, specifically television advertisements and specifically the one I saw run a lot during the NFL season so I'm sure a lot of you have seen it as well is a Cheez-It ad for a new product that they have called Cheez-It Snapped well you know what instead of setting it up let's just hear that ad really quickly Cheez-It Snapped with thin crispy Cheez-It Snapped being the most snackable snack ever it could deplete our cheese supply. We are genuinely concerned we may run out of cheese. So the key phrase that fascinated me, and the phrase to note at the very end of that ad is, we are genuinely concerned that we are going to run out of cheese. Now, obviously, by that actor's very exaggerated tone, clearly this is supposed to be taken tongue-in-cheek. Yes, the makers of Cheez-It are not really concerned that they're going to actually run out of cheese. Now, obviously, the point they're making, without putting too fine a point on it, is that their product is just so tasty that people are obsessed with it and they can't stop themselves from eating it. Well, despite the obvious comedic nature of this ad and the idea of a cheese shortage in America, what fascinated about me, what fascinated me, in this particular ad, is that there really are people who think this way in other aspects of our lives, that we're somehow going to run out of resources that have been a part of our lives forever. But no, this is the day we're going to run out of all of it, whether it's cheese or whether it's fresh water or whether it's oil, for instance. Someday, we're going to run out of these things, according to your Thanoses of the world, right? Yes, I did a previous episode about Thanos, the bad guy, the main 
bad guy from the Avengers franchise and how he didn't think there was enough room in the entire galaxy. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't galaxy. It was even bigger than that. It was the universe. Yes, he had to, with the snap of his powerful fingers, kill half of the living things in all of the universe in order to bring balance back for all living things. Well, what a ridiculous notion that is. And in fact, just as ridiculous as I'm about to show is worrying that we're going to run out of cheese. Well, in America, let's take this all the way. Let's take this thought experiment to where it needs to go, which is a world in which we actually have a cheese shortage. Now, what that exactly would look like, I don't know. But let's pretend for a moment that all of a sudden, let's just say base, let's take the cheese at, let's take the cheese at premise. Just all of a sudden, we've got Americans are either tripling, doubling down, 10 timesing down, 100 timesing down their cheese consumption, and by golly, we just can't keep up with it. But what does the, the relatively free market of America tell us about anything? Well, it tells us that we can manufacture enough things for all people at all times, as long as we have enough freedom to do so, and there's enough demand to do so. Honestly, name me one thing in, the la- in your lifetime, one thing that, you've, that people have truly demanded that we've run out of. Have we ever run out of cheese? Have we ever run out of butter or milk or any other dairy products? Is beef short? How about bacon? How about any various animal products? Any vegetable products? Oh, are you saying, well, well, hey, John, one time back in the 1800s in Ireland, there was this thing called the Irish potato famine. Hey, they ran out of potatoes. What happened there? Well, I would note that indeed we still have potatoes today. The world did not permanently run out of potatoes. And in fact, that was not, as history might have you believe, a market failure. See, what a lot of people would have you believe is that those kooky Irish, you know what, I'm going to do a longer episode on the potato famine one day, but just quickly, what history, a lot of mainstream history would have you believe is that the Irish were just obsessed with potatoes. And they were foolish and only relying on the potato as their main source of food. And when they had a famine, a bad crop, a horrible crop, a non-crop essentially, a potatoes one year, well, millions of them starved to death. Except that's not what actually happened. Because in the 1800s, people had enough options, at least they were starting to in the Western world, to where nobody would want to eat potatoes every single day. And yet here Ireland was essentially doing just that. Well, it wasn't their free choice. That was the mismanagement of Great Britain. That was Britain telling Ireland essentially what to do, Irish citizens, their absentee landlords, telling them what to do with their own property. And because of those rules, because of those regulations from afar, ultimately the economics were that basically the only thing they could afford to grow was potatoes. So this was forced upon them without a doubt, by the British government. So if those Irish citizens truly had full property rights and the ability to grow whatever they wanted, well, certainly more there would have been far more diversity in the things that these people would have chosen to grow, just like you see throughout, throughout all of America. Not every farmer is growing the same thing. There's a good reason for that, because there's different 
different products grow better in different areas, number one. They're demanded more. There's different products that are demanded. Let's put it that way. There's plenty of markets. We can all do one thing. You can be a peanut farmer. I can be a corn farmer, whatever it might be. But getting back to this idea of a potential cheese shortage. Well, again, in a world in which suddenly cheese is, to everybody's shock, being consumed at a remarkable speed, well, what would happen? Again, in a free market. In a market without absentee landlords forcing people into decisions they wouldn't otherwise freely make, what would that look like? Well, obviously, number one, if you understand supply and demand, so the supply is low, right? But the demand has risen. That's the premise of this cheese it ad. Well, clearly, then the price of cheese rises, correct? We're all following this very simple Econ 101 thing, I hope, right? Just in case, I'm going to do it again. The supply for cheese doesn't change, but suddenly the demand for cheese has gone up tenfold or a hundredfold. Clearly, that's going to cause the price of cheese to rise. Well, what are prices other than events between two people? Well, other than that event, an event happening between two people, that's what a price really is between two parties, different actors agreeing on a price. Beyond that, to people who are not involved in that specific event, a price is also a signal. And again, in a world in which cheese prices are rising dramatically, as they would in a free market, that signals to everybody else that cheese is in extreme demand. And it signals, much more importantly, if you're an entrepreneur, a profit seeker, it tells you that there is a chance to make some money in this. Because guess what? When prices are rising in an area, entrepreneurs, producers, they flock to that. Then what happens? Now what you're doing, once that price rises, now what are you doing? What what was that process I was just describing from a supply and demand econ 101 perspective? Well, now you've raised the supply. The supply of cheese has now gone back up because of the rising prices. Which will now, in turn, again, now the demand is the same in this scenario, but we've increased the supply. What's that going to cause? It's going to cause the price of cheese to now come back down. Ah, see? See, there was... In shortages, this is why you have to allow prices to rise, because then you get the producers to come in and produce the cheese that you actually want. Aha. See? See how the market actually does work? You see how prices signal people to come into an area and then actually will then reach a sort of equilibrium eventually when we actually get the right amount of suppliers for the amount of demand of cheese that is required? Now, my question is, is how could any one person guess what the price of cheese should be? Well, they can't. They can't predict the future and they don't have the requisite knowledge required of these millions, thousands of transactions that actually set the price of cheese, all of these events that I'm talking about. In fact, getting back to the potato famine, it is the free market that has, in fact, eliminated the famine. And it has eliminated shortages, at least long-term shortages, for all intents and purposes. Think about it. If all Ireland had to do, if Ireland had 
Walmart grocery delivery, for instance. I don't know, just to take an example. Or literally just grocery stores around the corner, which wasn't around in 1800s Ireland. Let's put it that way. My point is, is okay, you can have a horrible freeze in an area, a horrible drought in an area, and for a season, maybe multiple seasons, you might not be able to grow anything. And yet, there are people who live in places in this world where nothing grows whatsoever. How do they survive? It's called free trade. Because you're never going to have, as long as we don't have a global drought, a global you know, freeze where nothing will, will survive, then we're going to be okay, right? Because these regional small famines are no longer a problem in a world where we have free trade. We've now eliminated that, essentially, in our country, in the Western world, and in the places where that kind of stuff is not eliminated. Well, to be, to be quite frank, they don't have enough free trade. They don't have enough of their own property rights. That's the difference. So the bottom line is the free market not only eliminates shortages for all intents and purposes, it creates wild, wild abundance to the point where, again, name a product that is in demand that we can't find today, that we can't create more of. Name one. You might be able to come up with something. I'm really struggling to, though. I really am. And that's the beauty of the market. It continues to provide us what we demand at an incredible level, at an abundant level. So that's the economics of our fearful cheers, cheese shortage in the cheese it snapped ads. But you know what? I'm also interested in the actual nutrition of it, too. Because, well, if they're worried about running out of cheese, that strikes me as some somewhat of an odd concern from this company. Because, well, when you look at the ingredients of cheese it snapped, first of all, you start with enriched flour. Not flour, mind you. No, enriched flour. So what does that entail? Well, according to the back of the label, wheat flour, niacin, reduced iron, vitamin B1, vitamin B2, and folic acid. Mmm, good stuff there so far. Now, your second ingredient is soybean oil, which, if you've listened to me before, according to most of the doctors and experts I've talked to, soybean oil... High fructose corn syrup, any type of vegetable oil, pretty much the worst thing you can put in your body. And it's just essentially an extreme version of sugar. So good stuff there so far. Number three, we've got modified cornstarch. Mm, another yummy ingredient. Isn't this just getting your tummy rumbling for lunch? But now we've got dried potatoes. And then finally, yes, finally, we've got white cheddar cheese as our sixth ingredient, which Consists of milk, cheese cultures, salt, and enzymes. Interesting. So, oddly enough, this doesn't appear to have a ton of cheese in it, despite being called a cheese it, weirdly enough. Well, again, just a quick point I want to make to you all here. The ad, the premise of the ad was essentially that people could not stop eating these things. Well, does any of the things that any of those ingredients that I just listed off, does that sound like that's going to satisfy your hunger in any way? I don't believe it does. No, I don't. In fact, I know that none of that is going to satisfy your hunger. That's why you can just keep eating 
Cheez-Its and Doritos and Triscuits and other types of nutritionless snacks over and over and over again. Whereas unlike take a, a piece of bacon, you're frying up bacon in the morning, what could smell better? Nothing. Nothing smells better than that. Nothing gets your hunger going more. And yet, nothing satisfies more than a piece of bacon either. You eat three, four pieces of bacon, you're satisfied. There is no binging on a box of bacon, for instance. Well, that should tell you something. And it should tell you quite simply that you need to eat real food. And you shouldn't eat these nonsense, all these chips, all these crackers, all this stuff. You know, and here's the thing. With cheese, it's snapped. Why do they have cheese, it's snapped? Well, it's this thinner, people in the re- reviews describe it as airier. See, you're sort of tricking people into think that they're, they're eating like a diet chip, for instance. Well, again, you're on a diet. You think, is enriched flour, soybean oil, modified cornstarch, corn and dried potatoes. Does that sound like anything that would be on anybody's good, high-quality diet? Yeah, I, don't, I didn't think so. So my piece of advice here is stop convincing yourself that there are healthy cookies and healthy chips and healthy crackers. Because just based on those ingredients I've, I've read off to you, that cheese it snapped is just as bad as a Dorito. So stop fooling yourself. Stop eating Triscuits and Wheat Thins and convincing yourself that that's going to help you lose weight. It's quite the opposite. It's not going to happen. And by the way, Slim Fast Milkshakes, it's got the word milkshake in it. It's a shake. It's not going to work. It's just not. Stop trying to cheat this. See, the thing is, if you want to lose weight, you don't have to starve yourself. You don't. You just have to start eating better food. And that's, you know, I won't get too specific beyond that. There's plenty of resources you can find all about what I would call the no sugar, no grain diet, the keto diet, if you will. Well, I've lost 30, 35 pounds doing it. I feel way better. And honestly, just this knowledge that I have now, I just feel great knowing the types of food I should and should not eat. So I encourage all of you to do that as well if you're interested. And mostly the snack wells, cookies, Slim Fast Shakes. You just knock all that stuff out. You just got to get the junk food out of your life. Again, I'm not asking you to starve. I'm asking you to eat better food. So with all that being said, we got a lot of diet advice, a little bit of economics in there too. This has been a bit of a weird show, hasn't it? But you know what? You should expect nothing else from me than a little bit of weirdness right here on Everybody Trades. Everybody Trades.